Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This week's guest is Juliana Cankovic, midfielder at Chelsea FC and in the Serbian national team. Before joining the multiple champions from England, Cankovic represented several European clubs, picking up silverwares and titles back home in Serbia, such as in Spain, Hungary and Sweden. Chelsea signed Juliana Cankovic from the Swedish topside FC Rosengård in the Damalsvenskan on a three-year deal in August 2022. In this episode, she talks about growing up in Serbia, how she sees herself as a football player, how vital scanning is to her as a tool out on the pitch, and why she decided to join Chelsea. You are listening to their pitch, and this is the Jelena Cankovic episode. Jelena Cankovic, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, today? Amanda. Nice, uh, nice to be here talking to you. I'm doing uh, really good, and you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Super excited about this as well. Um, we've had a little briefing, a little, a lot of, um, a lot of laughter and everything, while we started to get you ahead of what's going to happen now. Um, so we're super happy that you want to be on. Um, but I want you to maybe correct me. Tell me how to pronounce your name. Well, it was it was quite good how you pronounce, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I can I can say it I guess a bit better. It's uh, Jelena Chankovic. Jelena Chankovic. Yeah, nice. We do have a quote from somebody who knows you very well, uh, and I'm going to read it for you, and then you can guess who it is. Interesting. With her creative play in midfield, anything can happen on the pitch around Jelle. Heels, chips, and perfect crosses are common making her unpredictable and difficult for opponents to stop. Off the pitch, it's just the opposite. Very structured and predictable in her moves. The energy the energy drink is brought before training. The massage gun should be started and oil is getting rubbed in. I know what awaits. Many times people think we're arguing when we communicate because the language sounds so rough. But that's not the case. Even though it might sound like it when two Balkan heads get together and have a hell of a lot of fun together. A top player and top person. Who do you think that is? Well, I think like, uh, I think this Balkan part like uh, revealed it a bit, but I think it's the Chira. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, like at the beginning, like, yeah, it's <laughs> at the beginning, I was like, I was not sure actually. But like, yeah, the Balkan part uh, revealed it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we reached out to a couple different people and everyone was like, yeah, she has an energy drink that she drinks. 
And she has her like, she's very structured with her time and everything is like this. And I was like, oh, all right. And then when Sachita wrote this, I was like, yeah, that that collaborates with everything that I've heard so far. Yeah, I am. I'm super structured person. And uh, in general, like everything. Yeah, I, like <laughs> exactly like what Sachita said, like everything really needs to be like on on its space, like and uh, on time. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think like, yeah, even though my my playing style is quite different and opposite. And yeah, but like I would also say like exactly as you said, like I'm I'm so different, like on the pitch and off the pitch. Yeah. And, and you guys have played together a lot of like you played together in FC Dawson God, if I'm not mistaken. And now Chelsea, how is how was it to have that familiar face going to Chelsea? Yeah, it's always it's always easier, like just knowing somebody and uh just like when you when you come into the new team, just uh, just knowing some someone there who can like help you out. And uh, I mean, Zachira helped me out a lot, like uh, when I came here, but also when I came to Rusengord. So yeah, I mean, we we play together. I mean, even though it's a, she's a goalkeeper, so you know they're always like having different practices and stuff. Like they always do like uh, their own stuff, I guess. So it's not like really on the pitch that like we can maybe communicate a lot like and stuff but yeah like she she helped me like in Rosengord and like in Chelsea like a lot like just to to adjust to a, to a new club let's let's uh, let's stay with Chelsea for a little bit and then we'll go to to time with FC Rosengord and the national team and so on but how was it for you to to take that step from out from Sweden and go to to Chelsea for example was it um how how different was that? Yeah, I think like changing. I mean, especially changing the country. Like it's it's a it's a big step, and uh, it it takes time to to adjust to like just everything is different. But I I wanted uh, I I just wanted to to make that next step in my career, and uh, I I just felt at that moment I, I was ready for it, and. Uh, I mean, I knew for for a while that at some point I want to make that that step. So, I mean, it wasn't that hard, like the decision for me, and I just felt ready for it. So, yeah, it's like when you feel that way, I guess it's easy because you just feel like yeah, I'm ready for it, like I'm gonna go for it, and that's it. But yeah, definitely, it's like I would say changing the country, and that first period is always like a bit hectic, like. Which, whichever country you go to, like it's just so many things that that are different, like and uh, just the lifestyle, just like you know, just some small things, like from uh, yeah, just like uh, finding an apartment, finding this, finding that, and uh, just just adjusting to to like a new new city, new club, and yeah, it's it's always a bit like uh, takes takes a bit of time and takes a bit of energy. But yeah, it, it is like it is like that to everybody. How would you say Cobham would compare to Malmö IP, for example? Yeah, I mean uh, Cobham. I mean the training ground is like it's really uh, you can compare it really, and uh, it's I mean it's it's huge and uh, the facilities and the pitches and uh, what I like the most uh, that like we play on grass here. So yeah, I really I really love that compared to artificial grass in Sweden. So yeah, I mean, like obviously, Chelsea is a is a bigger club, and the uh, the facilities are just just nicer. But I I also must say that I I was also like uh, really happy in Rosengård. So like, 
it's it's also a good good club and uh, I, I was super happy in Malmö so it's it's not it just this is a different level there is i must say there is something super charming about Malmö just being the way it is is it not you know taking the bike to practice we 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 saw that during Champions League, for example, we'd see the, the FC Rosengård players coming on their bike. And I think that's super charming. Yeah, I think it's I think it's super nice. But I think it's also to me when I came to Sweden first time, and I remember when I just asked like how far away is like I was in Vekhu, and I, I asked like how far away is the stadium? And they were like, It's five minutes bike. And and I was just thinking, like, why would I bike? Like what what is that? You know, usually I mean like in Serbia, like we don't really like we don't have that culture. So it's like either like by like it's five minutes walk or I don't know, five minutes by car. So I just remember to me, it was it was just shocking at first. But then like, yeah, it's just culture and it's just what everybody does. So it's like, as you said, it's just charming and it's nice, but it's just part of part of life, I guess, there. So, yeah. Yeah. And, nice. and, and then you actually you did leave FC Rosengård. And when the news came out, um, I... I w- when when it was when it was leaked before it was officially official, I was I wasn't surprised, but I thought you were. I was like, yeah, she's 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 good enough to go to Chelsea and those big teams. She's that good. She should not play in Dalmatians because she's so much better. But I was still a little bit. I was like, mm, I thought she was going to stay. She's good for the league, you know, something like that. But you were actually a lot of teams wanted you, Chelsea and Arsenal, for example. What made you know what made the choice land on Chelsea and for example not Arsenal, and how far along the conversation was Arsenal? Yeah, I mean uh, there were like uh, there, there were like few clubs that were that were interested in uh, signing me, but yeah, like I I just can't. It was it was not like an easy decision when you have like a uh, few clubs and it's all like I mean good teams, but uh, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to go to England and there, there was just something telling me Chelsea and I like, I just, I like the, the culture here. Like to me, it really seemed like really competitive and uh, just that winning culture that Chelsea has. And I like, even though I am, I'm quite structured and I like that, but I also like on the field, I like challenges and I like to challenge myself and um that's why I chose Chelsea because I thought like it's a it's a really challenging environment, and uh, yeah, and that that is it is like that, and I'm I'm enjoying like the time here, and uh, yeah, I don't know, like it's it's hard to say now, but th- there was just something like telling me like it's Chelsea, like I I I should like I should go to Chelsea like when I have opportunities, so yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I don't know, like it's hard to say because it's it's also like when you when you're making these decisions, it's like also you can overthink and then like you will never make a decision <laughs> because yeah, it just it just also like when when you have like few top clubs, it's small differences from the side of like I mean facilities, like all teams having good facilities, like and this kind of stuff. So it's it's all like it's professional teams. It's uh so it's like it's just also looking at where you like I was like looking at like where I think like I can improve the most as a player, like what can I give as a player to this team or that team? And yeah, but at the end it was just some feeling that was telling me like, yeah, Chelsea, I, I want to go I want to be a player of Chelsea. Like the gut feeling. Yeah. 
yeah, that that was like how I made the decision at the end. So of like choosing Chelsea than like some other teams. Yeah, and you did mention here the winning mentality being a big part of it. They they've obviously Chelsea's been winning the league a couple of years now. Um, but when I did my research for this, I think I've read in an interview that winning is the most important thing to you. Yeah, I am I am quite competitive and I like winning. And that's that's this thing that like Chelsea really like when I was also first time talking to them, that it's really uh I mean it's really part of culture here. And uh and I like that. And as I said, like uh, to me, it's like I like to win on every like small sided game on the on the when we play on the practice or like in general, like even if I play like board games, I like to win. So that's that's a big part of my personality also. So, yeah, I think uh, it's a good matchup. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Let's continue because I, I, do, I still want to stick to this. You've obviously... What was rumored hasn't been confirmed right. It was Arsenal and Chelsea were both rumored. And in England, there's this, you know, there's this debate. You want to say Deval or, or Emma Hayes, who's who's the best coach? You've played under both. And I'm not going to ask you who's the best coach, but I'm going to ask you in what way do you think they're different and what style of play suits you the best, would you say? I mean, uh, I think like they are both like really good coaches and uh there is like, of course, there are like uh, people are different and uh, they have like uh, different personalities, I would say. But I mean, they're both like really good coaches and uh, I wouldn't really, they both, I mean, like Jonas is a coach who really helped me a lot in the, like in my time in Rosengård. So, I mean, he's really good coach and helped me like develop so much in my, in my career and also like now, like, I mean, obviously, like I'm, I've just been in Chelsea for like six months. And, uh, but I also feel like, even though like I, I was like at the beginning, like in having some injuries and stuff, like I also feel like I'm really developing here as a player. So for me, it's also like, it's just two different like personalities. And, uh, yeah, I've played under both and I'm super happy that uh, I had, opp- I have an opportunity to play under both coaches because I think they're both like super good coaches. And it's just for me as a player, like it's, I think it's a really good experience. But, uh, yeah, like I, th- I think like just, just different styles of, uh, of personalities, but that's, yeah. It's also like, it's just normal because I think every coach is just different. So yeah, I had like, I had a lot of other coaches and, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like say there is like, it just top coaches that like you, I, I can learn a lot from both. And I'm super, I'm super happy about it that I've been coached by both. I'm, I'm we're going to go back in time a little bit. We're going to rewind a lot and we're going to go to Spain. I think it's circa 2013, maybe. Yes. And you signed with you signed with Barcelona, right? Yeah. Um, how was Barcelona back then? And did you? And I I know you did listen to the Ellie Sarasola episode, and we did ask her the same thing. And it was how was Barcelona back then? And 
did you did you think that they would become this super big club? Like, did you see that already that they had these ambitions? To be honest, I I didn't think at that like point that uh, they would become so big. But I mean, obviously, I played with like uh, players who are like one of the best players now in the world, and uh, and but like it's just that like I mean the the facilities and all the things around weren't like that professional and obviously not even close where it is now. So I feel like for Barcelona, it all happened so quick. It feels like for me because. I've been there like 10 years ago and it feels like that like in two years, like they just, they just built such a, such a huge team. But I think that's also a bit of a thing in women's football that like, if you just invest and if you just try, like you can quickly actually like uh, get a result. And that's, that's so nice actually to see that such a big club as Barcelona is investing and is, is just like, all that all these big teams, I mean, like Chelsea, Barcelona, I don't know, now like lately, like there is United who, I mean, they didn't even like have the team until like what, five years ago or something. And now they are, they are like here, like fighting for the Champions League and title. So yeah, I think it's like for Barcelona, it's like, it's, it's amazing what they did in such a short time. But yeah, when, when I was there, I really didn't think that like they, they will be, they will be at some point as big as they are now. And how, how important is that investment also when it comes to, for example, like national team on that level? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's, it's really important in, in general. Like, I mean, I, I also like I play for Serbia and we, for example, don't have like, we are not even close to having, uh, like, uh, investment as like other big countries. And I, I think that's, that's what's important. And that's what's, what's missing. And I mean, like lately, it's really, it's really growing women's football and it's, it's really nice to see. But for example, in, in, in a lot of national teams, I think there is still like uh, these issues where is there such a huge difference between investing in men's football and investing in women's football and where it's still like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say a taboo, but like it's still a bit like, oh, it's women's football or why, why would we invest in women's football? And I mean, that's, that's what we see in, uh, in Serbia, for example, where we have, for example, like really, really a lot of good players and we have players who are playing in, in good leagues. But there's just not enough investment. There is not, it's just not good enough. And uh, especially when they are asking you, I mean, we're all professional athletes. Like we, we, we are practicing every day. We need to eat good. We need to have, you know, like we are fighting literally for like uh, simple things. And it just, it is crazy to see that, that it's, it's still happening. But I mean, it's, it, it's a fact and like, hopefully it will change. And I, I hope that people will see that. I mean, you need to invest. And if you invest, like, like it will just grow. And I think everybody, like, if you invest, like, uh, obviously, like you will get it back at some point because that's, I think there's just such a big potential in, in women's football. And it doesn't matter if it's like a national team or like clubs football. It's, and we've seen it with also, now, like Champions League, like that, uh, w w you could stream it, people could see it, and then people could actually see that there is so many good players. Like it's, it's a quality football. Like there's so many good players. There's so many like fun games to watch. And I think these are, these are the things that are still like unfortunately missing in, in a lot of countries, in a lot of countries in for women's football. How does, I don't know if you, how, how does the broadcasting rights look like in, in Serbia, for example, for, for women's football? 
uh, well, like I'm, I'm like I'm not sure about like the women's league in Serbia, but like it's not broadcasted for that. Like, I mean, maybe I'm mistaken, but uh, I haven't heard of it. And for the national team games, I think we had like uh, just like last maybe one or one and a half year that it's like broadcasted, but it's broadcasted on the. Um, on the TV, which you need to pay for. And like, not a lot of people, it's like this poor channel. So, uh, yeah, like, I mean, but it's not, for example, even in the like uh, national, uh, television, like it's not even like, they don't even say it on the news or on this like short, like news, like it's never mentioned. So it's like, yeah, you can just watch the game on the, on the, like, uh, on the television, which like not everybody has. And then it's like, yeah, it's just not like it's not enough in the media. And then, for example, like we we had this big success when we won against Germany in April. And then, of course, it was like a big thing, but it was a big thing for two weeks. And then, of course, everybody forgot about it. And then, like, we were back to the to the same thing, for example, for our most important game against Portugal in September. We if we won, like we could go to the playoffs for the World Cup. And we really, we were really hoping and expecting that a lot of people would come because before that we won against Germany. But yeah, unfortunately, it's it's been like half a year after that game, and yeah, it was just not enough media t- attention. So yeah, not a lot of people showed up, and it wasn't really, I would say, the the best support for us. Um, but speaking of the Serbian national team, do you remember when you when you had your debut? Yeah, I was eighteen. And uh, yeah, it was yeah. it was against Switzerland. It wasn't really the the best debut, I would say. Like we lost quite a lot, but uh, yeah, I mean it's still a debut, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's also just nice to see like how far we came, also as a as a national team in uh, just the quality of players. And at that point, we didn't have a lot of players playing abroad, and now we just we have. I would say like our first 11, it's all players who play in Germany, Spain, um, I don't know, Sweden, Norway, England. So, yeah, it's it's also nice to see like uh, that for me to see that like when, when I was 18 and like now, like how the team changed so much and how it actually developed and those quality of the players is much higher. And Elena, I, I, I know you've... Uh... I know you suffered through this little bit of us getting to know you and you've been waiting for the football analysis. <laughs> you've just been sitting there waiting for the football analysis. So I'm going to let you do that now and we'll wrap this part up. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, and let's move on to the good stuff. Not not that it wasn't any good stuff before, but this is this is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> At least, at least for me. I hope you will enjoy this. Yeah, for me too. I guess I enjoy like football stuff much more. Yeah, let's dive deep into it. I, you have been in Chelsea for a while now, so obviously Chelsea fans and uh, women's Super League's uh, supporters have been able to watch you in action, which I think they should be very fortunate uh, about because I think we have been very lucky to have had a player of your caliber in Sweden. Thank you. Would probably also dare to say that you, we we lost one of the best in the whole league when when you left. Thanks. Um, but before you played your first game with Chelsea, how would you describe yourself as a player to anyone who hasn't seen you play before? Well, I would say I'm a playmaker. 
and I'm a, I'm a creative player. That's that's I would say my like uh, biggest uh, my biggest strengths. And uh, obviously, I would uh, I would also say that uh, I'm um, even though maybe a lot of people don't see that, but I would say I'm quite a fighter. And uh, yeah, so that's that's also one of one of uh, my I would say big big strengths. And uh, yeah, but I would say mainly I'm I'm a playmaker, and uh, I, I like I would say like my passing skills are are like the thing that I'm I'm best at. And I mean, you are a midfielder, and you in Sweden and for FC Rosengård, you played in the attacking midfielder position the most. But tell us the story behind the position you play. How come you are a midfielder? It's actually interesting, like, because when, when I started, I started when I was like seven and I was immediately a midfielder. And it's like, I never changed positions. So I don't know if it was like, I mean, people who coached me, it was just immediately like I, I was playing in the midfield. And uh, I, I just think I was always, my, my passing was good. But obviously when you're a kid, like you can dribble and you want to dribble and do these things. And obviously I did it a lot, but it was still, I, I also felt like I, I didn't want to just be in attack and score goals. I, I was always assisting a lot. So I guess that's that's what also the coaches were could probably see that I'm just going to become a midfielder. And it was it was just quite obvious, I would say, from from when I was seven. And even though now, like I have there, there are some videos that I can watch some games and I don't know, like I feel like I, even I can now see it. Like it was just so obvious that I'm just going to be a midfielder. So, yeah, I, I always played. I, I never changed positions, even though I guess everybody starts as a striker. But, but Yeah, because this is this is also quite uh, interesting because I, I read an article from one of my friends the other day that have written a very long article about you. Uh, and from the heat map, uh, in, in Rosengård, the, the time in Rosengård, it seems like you have been operating the most on the right hand side of the pitch. Um, even though, yes. I mean, you could say we, we all know the talents of, of Rosengård, obviously, uh, one of the best teams in Sweden. But what would you say in your game? Uh, what is demanded from you now in the WSL, uh, compared to when you played in the Dahmer Svenskan? Well, I think it's it's different style. It's more transitional here. I think like it's it's all different. In Sweden, you play against a lot of low blocks. And I would say like teams are more I don't know if it's a correct word, but like maybe disciplined or in that defense. And I think here it's like teams are just more open to attack and to to press. So there is actually it's just so different because in Sweden it gets it's it's actually interesting because I mean the the league here it's it's like obviously like much better, but I think it can also be harder but easier to play because when you play against low block teams it 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 can get quite static because you can't actually. You know, when you win the ball, you can't actually, like, you don't have spaces to play the ball or to pass the ball, for example. And we're here, like, when people are actually, like, pressing you, like, when you win the ball, you can actually, for example, counterattack. Where in Sweden, it just gets gets a bit, like, static. So I think I think that's, that's the thing, that, like, 
here it just happens that like you also need to like just react faster because there is like if you don't react like obviously like teams will like draw back and like if you don't use that space immediately like you you won't like get it anymore but like if you use it you can score immediately so i think that's that's what's what's the biggest difference here i would say that it just you you need to pass you need to like think faster you need to like see spaces like faster where like in double svenskan it's just you kind of know that you play against low block and like even yeah you're just not forced in a lot of games to to like play faster because there's just not like space anyway because you play against low block especially like playing in rosengord so I think like sometimes it's even maybe easier here to score goals. We're going to re- remember that that particular sentence from this conversation. But the thing is that I listened to a podcast this week that that it was the sports uh, initiative podcast that and then it was a Norwegian coach that spoke about the fact that a football player tends to look 90% of the time from a football game they look on the ball the football you speak a lot about space and and how important it is to like utilize that space um how important is it for you as a player to use scanning as a tool on the pitch in the position you play i think it's the it's the most important thing for, especially for I, I think it's important for every position but especially for a midfielder because you're just having I mean, you, you are just having people attacking you from left side, right side, like back, like, so it's, it's just so important. And especially in, uh, I mean, here in England, for example, like you, you need to play fast. It's like everything's happening faster. So, I mean, you, it's like if you get the ball and then you see things, it's already late. So you need to see things before you get the ball. And that's, and that's why like scanning part is so important. And it's not just like, it's not just like looking at the ball. It's looking at the spaces, which spaces do you attack? Like in the box, because if like as a midfielder, like, I mean, you obviously also need to be involved in, in attack, but you also need to be involved in defense. Like when you defend, it's also like really important to, to just scan like where, where is the space? Where is the player I'm defending? So, and that's what I said, like, it's not just a midfielder, but like, it's for every position. That's just like really important scanning. And for me, that's, that's also like really why I'm, I'm like really interested in that. And I actually read like a really good, uh, good quote about that. That it, I mean, football is played with a head. And I think it's, it's, it really is like that because I mean, you can be super fast, but if if you don't think fast, it doesn't matter. No, and, and it's also kind of interesting because sometimes when you see a very creative player using scanning as a tool, you can really see that, obviously, because uh, you can get far by being very technical, good at dribbling, carrying, or ho- even holding up the ball uh, with your back turned to the opponent. But but then when, when you start to, to really see that it doesn't work uh, to get the ball forward. Uh, then when you look at players that, that with, with what you said now, that you look before you get the ball, but, but that's not for everyone to just start doing, especially not when, when there's a lot of pressure from the opponents and maybe you, you are with your back uh, turned towards your opponent. So how do you work 
um, to get better at the scanning part? Yeah, I think I think everything is just about like it's there is also a lot of habits that every player has. So, uh, for example, and like this is just like about working daily on these things and just like improving yourself. And because like I'm trying like on every practice, obviously, like body position, like how do you position your body? Because that's exactly what you spoke. It's like how you're faster. Are you faster if you like control the ball like being turned halfway or if you're because if you're turned with your back towards the goal until you turn like you're losing a second or something so it's everything's about efficiency and like i think everything is just a practice so it's even though you have a lot of habits if you're practicing every day like at certain point like it will just become a part of you and i think like yeah i'm i'm just trying to focus on these things a lot like on a just on a daily basis and obviously, like you forget, you have your your like um, habits that you do, but like it's just about like doing it, doing it consistently, and then like it just I guess become becomes part of you at some point. How much would you say? Because obviously, I, I just want to pick up on something you said from the Swedish league now, because in the Swedish league, obviously teams knows each other very well, um, and you played here for many years. Would you say that going into play a game in Sweden, you already knew beforehand where space were, was going to open up, uh, depending on what play, uh, what team you played? Yeah, like, I mean, obviously, there's also a lot of analysis that you do. And teams are, as I said, teams are like really tactical. So uh, in Sweden, so you can just do analysis and you can see spaces. I mean, like in every team, you you obviously do that and you're trying to exploit spaces which which are getting open and yeah like you just have a game plan but you kind of know exactly like what teams are going to play and i think here it's like much more unpredictable actually that like it can just happen that teams will i mean it happens also in sweden that teams change formation or but yeah it's it's much more as i said like and that's why it's like transitional it's like much more unpredictable the games i would say in sweden it was quite predictable like, you know, you play this opponent, they play, I don't know, let's say four or three, three, like this, like that, man marking, not man marking, zonal. So I, I would say it was more predictable. Yeah. And for those who aren't familiar with the word scanning, um, what is scanning to you? What What is that like? And if if you are a good scanner... What do you have to be good at? You have to you have to see things before the ball comes to you. You have to, yeah, it's just seeing spaces. And it's also not just before ball comes to you, but it's also seeing your teammates creating spaces for other people. So it's it just like yeah, I, I think it happens throughout all game. It just okay, this player is in better position, like my teammate is in better position. I'm going to open space for her. Or like I'm going to run into that space to open space to, to open the passing passing line to, to my teammate. Or and that's also and like obviously before you get the ball to just know where where your teammates are, where your where the spaces are. Just yeah, all all these things are just scanning. But for me, football is about scanning. And especially in the midfield, like I, I don't think you can you can play football without it. No, I think obviously it looks very easy when you play football. Uh, 
in Sweden when you play with the rules and go, that's what it's we, we know it's a lot of hard work behind it, but it looks very easy. But also when you think like that, like you say, you 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 think maybe three steps ahead before you actually even get the ball. Uh, how challenging do you think it is at the moment with that because you have new teammates around you? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's that just process of getting to know each other, getting uh, getting used to each other. As as much to my teammates is the same uh, to me. It's different when you when you play with somebody for three four years, you kind of just know what what that person wants. Like you know, like oh, she wants the ball there, she wants the ball, she likes it in the feet, she likes it in the space, or just just these things. And it just. I think it's always just this process of of getting to know each other and just getting these relationships in in place and it's I think it's always like when when you get into the new team like it's it's for you to adapt and it's for other people to adapt to you so it it takes time I mean this could be uh, an obvious answer to this question but I will ask it uh, anyway uh, what ability do you work the most on at the moment well i think uh i think uh, scanning part body positioning and finishing i mean i always work on my finishing because i think uh, that was yeah i think at the like i my my like i can assist a lot but i think like for example like last few years i didn't really score as much as i could so i really i would say maybe Four or five years ago was really putting a lot of, a lot of, um, work in my finishing. And, uh, but I think like it's you, you always work on these things and like it just, you can, you can always improve it. But I would say, yeah, also like I, I've been like lately really like on my body positioning and scanning because it just to be more efficient in my game. And that's, that's currently, currently my focus just to, just to play faster because I think I can, uh, yeah, I can improve in that just to, just to be more efficient. Even though sometimes like it looks nice and it's, it's good, but it's still not as efficient as it could be. Yeah. Never satisfied. Um, but do, do you have any other player that you look at to find inspiration from? Like any other midfielder in, in, the world that you want to be like yeah there i mean there is a lot of good players and i really uh, actually like my only like the, that i had an idol as a kid was ronaldinho and that's actually the only player that i was really like it was my idol but i really like to watch a lot of football and i like to i think there is so many players that you can you can learn from and uh yeah i mean I'm in women's football, obviously, I really, I really like a lot of like to, to watch like a lot of midfielders. I think in Spanish national team, like there is like, it's always like uh, these players are like really, really good to watch. I like Aitana Bonmati like a lot. I think she's, she's really, I mean, obviously she's like super good player, but I think she is like really, I like to watch her. And I mean, from men's player, for example, I I like Luka Modric a lot, and he's a player that I really I really watch. But I I like to watch football in general. So I for me, it doesn't really matter a person. It just like I just look oh like this is like really good. So I'm trying to obviously like look look always for uh, midfielders and look how 
how like players are just um, finding spaces and trying to learn. But yeah, I think there's so many, so many good players. How do you evaluate yeah. yourself? Yeah, I like to, I like to watch every game and practice and uh Yeah, so I just I just see. Obviously, I don't like really to see the things I do wrong because <laughs> nobody likes that, I guess. <laughs> But I, because I just got like sometimes it's because it's just so much easier when you look from the side. And I think it's it's like obviously when I when I look back at the game and I'm like, oh, like why didn't I pass there or why didn't I shoot or why didn't I do this or it's it's so much easier that it can really you know i can understand like fans sometimes like why she didn't do this and i'm like well i also wonder that but uh, <laughs> yeah it's not that easy actually when you're on the pitch so but i think it's it's good to see these things because that that's actually it's a different perspective and you can just see on what you can work and you can see i i really like to see that like why why didn't i do that and then like there's always there's always like why there's always like either i didn't see it i didn't look or like i didn't turn good or i didn't just make a good decision in a in a way of that like second like second faster or, or slower or yeah so i really i really like to analyze analyze my games and uh, practices And just just look uh, just look at it. And even though, of course, I I obviously like to see like things I do good. But yeah, I think you learn the most from things from things you do bad, actually. So yeah, even though it's not you, nice to see. No, you have to suffer watching the errors from time yeah, to time. I sometimes I'm just like I don't want to see this. <laughs> But it's inter it, it's interesting that you say why didn't I do that? Because obviously you can feel that when. When you just watch a football game, you, you tend to never see the why. You just see that it happens. So when you go back and watch the game again and you put your analyst glasses on, then you start to look at, okay, um, the player did this, then why, why? And then you start to look at, you know, what, what you said. So. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's how I, that, yeah, that's just how I how I like to do it because yeah, there, there is always why. Yeah. I <laughs> there's know. a reason why he didn't do something. That, that, that is great. We're going to keep that. Like there's always, always a why we're going to keep that for, um, but two more questions for me before we just go over to the listeners questions, but do you use football data, uh, or, and statistic to work on your game? Yes. I'm, I am quite a data driven person, but, uh, I'm also trying because I think data can be, can be good, but can also be really bad. And just like, just in general, it's not just with, uh, with like, with uh, data on football. It's like with data on, I don't know, food on, um, a lot of like, I don't know, um, fitness, like, uh, tracking, like, things i think it's really good and i really like it but i'm trying to keep that to work to keep that balance because i think it can also be bad so i i really like to see data but i'm also not it's not just data because there is there is much more to actual game and there is a lot of things that you can't really see because i mean we can also see the game like like possession was like i mean team is having 70% some team is having 30 and this team with 30 wins like 2-0 so does it mean that they were 
worst team they won but maybe it was their game plan it's what they wanted so it's you know it's always you don't know like maybe somebody wants like sometimes you will be like okay let them have the ball and you're totally fine with that where data will just tell you oh they had more possession more passes like this team can't play so i think a lot like data is really good but like yeah just just in uh, when you can actually um, keep it in balance i would say but it is important part I'm I'm gonna have to follow up on one more question with that now. But, uh, obviously, you you can't look at all the data, and like you said, some data aren't even relevant to what you want to achieve with it. But what metrics do you, do you look at from your game then to and then you work on it? Obviously, well, like I look, I like to look, for example. In uh, how many passes, in f- like forward passes, for example, like that's what I like to look because I don't like to play backwards. Uh, yeah, that's like, now we know that. Yeah, that's that's for example what I what I like to to look at, uh, like a percentage of like correct passes, like oh yeah, I I actually all, all this data like lost balls like duels won like i think like i like to look at all of it but as i said i'm not trying to to put to to value myself based on it but i'm i I like yeah i don't know i I like data but yeah i would say to me like the most I, i don't like when i see that i had a lot of like back back passes that's that's what would really like annoy me that i play like backwards and that like for example, I like to see at like how many times did I receive the ball turned? How many like this data is like really also important because yeah, as I said, like I really I really like to be in that like would like to be more efficient and like play forward. And then obviously this, I mean, I mean goals and assists. It's it's what you know already. But I'm trying. I'm I'm not actually like trying to focus on that that much because to me it's like. It's more about the because th- this part will come if you do the the rest good. So I'm trying to go more into this detail, like detailed uh, data, let's say. So it's also like how many uh, key passes, like precise key passes. But like as I said, this data is important to me. But I mean, it also just it sometimes doesn't doesn't say a lot, you know. So yeah, I'm I'm really looking into that that data, but I'm also just trying to to keep it also to analyze and to see what actually happened because data without video is not also really really good. So I'm I'm trying to to balance the things. The eye test and the numbers makes the 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 best uh, whole whole picture. But last question, apart from winning a game, uh, what makes you satisfied with your own performance when going off the pitch? Yeah, for, to me, uh, what satisfies me is, yeah, there's just this thing that like, you know, like you just, for example, for my own performance, like you just know you played good. You, as I said, just these things that, because I'm a midfielder, I'm a playmaker and yeah, I, I like to I like to do these things and like when I actually get to to do that things to help the team and to to yeah like obviously as you said like when like it's it just satisfies me also like when you just 
you have a game plan for every game and like when you when you are actually able to execute it and to execute it in a way that's good and for me it's i like to i like to win but i also like to to play good and that's that's the thing that satisfies me when you actually win and play good and uh yeah so that's that's i would say that's that to me like uh, satisfies me that was pretty much the perfect ending to this to this part of the podcast i think uh luckily for you we're gonna gonna start with uh, a very analytical question from one of the listeners uh, as well okay so let's jump into the listeners questions let's hear it uh abdullah abdullah wants to know theoretically how would you fit the role of a hybrid midfielder essentially a player that starts as a number 10 but plays much closer to number eight in the movement and positioning and intending to create and play make an example is Antoine Griezmann for France, for example. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's kind of a of a midfielder that I I always played. I wouldn't really also say that I'm a typical ten. I would I would I would say I'm an eight. And uh, I mean, obviously, I can play as a ten. I can play like a bit deeper. I can play like higher up. But I wouldn't say that I'm oh just a ten. So I think that hybrid role, like actually, like hybrid midfielder, something like Griezmann, like shoots me. But I would say I'm I'm more of an eight. But yeah, obviously, with more like I am creative and I am a ten, but not just ten. So yeah, I think that's yeah. If you call it hybrid midfielder, yeah, that's 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 actually the type of midfielder I am. I would say a number eight with icing on the cake on top with them. <laughs> I think yeah. that's, that's a good good description. Rob wants to know what's the best spot to place a penalty kick? Bottom corner or top corner? Yeah. Oof. I would say bottom. Better better safe than sorry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you if you want like a like a top corner, you know, you can always go a bit too high. So yeah, I mean, I th- I I believe that if you shoot good in the in the bottom corner, like there's no goalkeeper who can obviously save it. So yeah, like and it's it's safer, I would say. Daniel FC one oh seven wants to know who has been the toughest player you faced in your career. I mean, the toughest one, I would say, like, if I was a defender, maybe that that would be, like, easier to answer. But um, I would say, like, the player I really was, like, I really was, like, thinking, oh, what a good player. It's actually, like, Lina Magul from Bayern Munich. So... I mean, she was just like really good. Like when I played against her, so I was like, this, like, uh, this, uh, this player is really good. So yeah, like that's, that's right. But I played against a lot of, a lot of, uh, good, good players. But yeah, I really, I would say I really liked her style. So when I played against her, I was like, oh, I really, I really like her style of play. When Tomo King's Meadow asked this question, at what age did you realize that your left foot was, was actually a magic wand? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, probably when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> when it started, 
I mean, I'm a lefty, so yeah, um, yeah. It's it was yeah. I don't know. I just like played with the left, and uh, yeah. I mean, I was I was quite talented, so I was just always like just, just as every other lefty, I guess. <laughs> just left. <laughs> you see, our listeners they have good questions. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, clever soul wants to know how did you and Jovi Jovana Damjanovic support and push each other on and off the pitch growing up? What impact has that had on you? And you're obviously you're gonna have to tell the story of how you guys played together growing up or why. Yeah, Jovana is is my cousin, so yeah, we we obviously play together. Like, but actually, and uh, we we played with the boys. But I mean, Jovana is one year older, so she was in the other age group. Actually, so we didn't. Yeah, we played. I think like maybe two or three years together, but not all the time. But obviously, we were we were girls, so it was. And I mean, we're cousins, so we are we're like really close. So it was it was always we were always together and and it was actually like really really nice playing because Jovana is a forward and I was always a midfielder so we were like always having a really good connection you know I can just pass and she could score and everybody happy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that that was uh but, but it was it was really as a as a girl, like growing up, uh, we were we were basically we were really good, and we were in boys' team. So I think it was it was it wasn't hard because I think boys accepted us. But I think it also had to do that we were good enough to play with boys. So um, yeah, but it was and it's obviously now in the national team we play together, and like we we always of course support each other. And I mean, she plays in Bayern, I play in in Chelsea now, so. It's it's obviously different. We are older, but I think like to like that it wasn't just oh one of us or it was both of us as like young girls in in a country where women's football is not really developed. I think think it's we we could like push each other and we could uh, we could help each other actually like growing up. But then when we were fifteen sixteen, like she played in in one team in Serbia, I played in another team, but still like. Still, throughout the national team, we were always we were always happy, helping each other, and yeah, I think I think we actually. I mean, it's I don't really feel comfortable saying this because it's it's about us, but I think like us playing in such a big clubs actually actually helped so much in developing in developing women's football in Serbia because you can really see a lot of girls looking up to to us and. Just thinking, oh, like look at two, like two of them, like sisters. We say sisters, actually, not cousins in Serbia, playing in such a big club, so we can also do it. So, yeah, I think it's it's really just to does this like to to that we are cousins and we of course helped each other a lot, and that we are actually helping now maybe some other girls in Serbia. It's it's really I think a, a nice thing. So with that being said, we're going to move on to the end section, which is the this or that five questions. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you two options. You can only choose one. I don't want an explanation and it has to go fast. And if you don't follow the rules, you lose and, you know, you hate losing. So, okay. So I just choose <laughs> one out of two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And no explanation. A pass followed by a good scan or made on pure intuition. Mm. you're thinking intuition 
Swedish meatballs at Ikea or English gravy? All Swedish meatballs. No brainer. Coming on from the bench to make an impact on getting the win or being in the starting lineup in a mediocre game where you either lose or draw? Coming in from the bench. Assisting or scoring one yourself? Assisting. Winning the Champions League with your club or an international tournament with Serbia? Champions League. And Ilana, with that being said, we're so thankful that you wanted to be a part of this and be on their pitch. Thank you so much. Thank you for, for having me. 